husband wakes up with Steph, Abby and Matt on B105. Have you heard anything about gold under the Walter Taylor Bridge at Indra? <laughs> Taxi driver on the weekend told me that there was gold under the bridge, talking about the Walter Taylor Bridge. And that guy that made it was an extraordinary man by all accounts. He then also, I think, was building the church. Uh-huh. And when he said at, this... Uh, uh, Gracefield. At Gracefield. Oxy Road, yeah, yeah. Which some people say might have gold in there. Gold everywhere. How did you get onto the topic with the taxi driver? Like, did you drive? Were you driving over the bridge at the time, or no, were you even go- in the area? Uh, no, I was going from my house uh, to the airport, and we were talking about fascinating stuff. And I, uh, of, you know, where's his favourite place to drive? And I said, well, I actually want to do one of those history tours. And I was okay. saying about how you can do them in the city, and you know, they talk about a lot of the rumours that happen. He goes, oh, if you want to hear a rumour, oh, this right. one's not a rumour, but I'll tell you what they think is a rumour: is the gold under the bridge. So I wonder if each taxi driver's got like their top five yarns they spin so you know when they want it when they chat yeah. like when yeah. they, like that might be well he big. grew up around that area so he says right. he always prefers driving around that area because he says i just i never have to put on a gps nah. you never have to with no, me. I mean, me he, goes, me he said i have to now because of the payment system but i wouldn't look <laughs> and i said well good for you yeah. so that's how we got onto it and i just wanted to know whether there was any truth to it or whether that was made up and no. people called up yesterday and said no 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 there is gold. The word on the street was the fact there used to be a, actually a beach underneath the Walter Taylor Bridge. Yeah. Before they dredged, apparently the sand and the water was so clear you could actually see flecks of silver and gold actually in the sand. Right. No. The when they made the first bridge, when they did the core drill, uh-huh. um, that was when they found the gold. Right. The rumour is that it was um, then stored in the steeple of one of the churches nearby. Uh-huh. And it's apparently still there. My older brother, he said, oh, yeah, we used to go panning at at the Walter Power Bridge. And um, they actually found, like, specks of gold. And there was a beach down there, and that was a recreational pastime. So that they would all, like, go swimming down there and... Then have a bit of a pan. Wow. Mm -hmm. There is proof that there was a silver mine. I know that's obviously different from gold. If you're mining for silver, I mean, <laughs> it's not exclusive, right? Like, there no. actually was a registered one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a big one. Yeah. So, we're pretty certain that there's billions of dollars of gold under that bridge. And yeah, probably just a little speck, but, you know, prices have gone up. <laughs> yeah, gold always goes up. Put a lot of specks together. Yeah. Well, when they were digging the the real big, you know, to do a bridge like of that size, the foundations, Mm -hmm. they found gold, and they were like, and in the area that they found it, they were trying to go. Well, if they found that little bit there, there must be quite a bit. But they just wanted to go ahead with the bridge. Um, So, up next, we're going to speak to the local councillor James from there. Um, who you guys actually know personally, right? Mm. I normally go to the Lions games with him, and you normally go to his house. Yeah, for lunch. For lunch. Does he have gold? Oh, and you've got a connection to him as well. Um, you yeah. kissed his wife. You kissed his wife. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, sorry. I wasn't going uh, to bring that part up. Did you he actually will. kiss her, or did you try to? Uh, Not when no. they were married. Sorry. <laughs> Before, because you went to school with her. Back on track. Um, Not today. In <laughs> that, that's a little bit of a piece of gold. <laughs> <laughs> Should we start with that? I think that's probably uh, hey, the best James, way to go. James, my yeah. friends, have you met Maddie? Yeah. He knows your, your wife. wife. Has. <laughs> we, we, I dated She's, her in high school. Yeah, yeah. But did you kiss? No. He pulled yeah. your electric. We got her on and she said she couldn't remember. Yeah, no. There was one time, the first time I tried to kiss her was in the movies. 
and, and she said and she's I watching the movie. And she's like, oh no, I'm I'm invested in the film. I was mortified. Uh, what was the movie? You remember? Don't know. Uh, I think I cried for the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's push that to the side. His sure. wife is not important. Oh, oh wow! To wow, this, she's on the ABC. She yes, does a great quite job. Important. To this story. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he is the member, obviously, for the area. Yeah. He's done a tour of the bridge and knows a little bit more information to find out if there's any truth to it. Ooh, we're going on a gold hunt. <laughs> there is apparently gold at the bottom of the Walter Taylor Bridge. And now I'm just fascinated by the bridge as well. We've been talking about going on a tour. Uh-huh. Yep. For it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can go up in there and... Into the building, into the yeah. house. And obviously, it'll be sus if we take our uh, pan for panning and also <laughs> our <laughs> big shovel. It is the only habitable bridge in the Southern Hemisphere. Oh, how fascinating. Yeah. And someone told us yesterday they do do tours, but they only let you see in one half of it. Yeah, not the other end. <laughs> so what are they hiding <laughs> We want to know why. End. Maybe yeah. there's just nothing, or maybe it's not secure there. Uh, I reckon that's where all the gold is. Is that where it is? That's the gold storage room. We thought there might be one man that knows a little bit more because it is his area. Talking about Councillor James McKay, good morning. Good morning. How are you? We are good. (laughs) What can you tell us about this whole thing? Well, you know what? In 1932, when they started building the bridge, the guy who designed it and the chief engineer, Walter Taylor, who they named it after, Uh he started doing digging for the pylon on the Indrapilly side and came across some gold and then thought, you know, I better take out the mining lease for this. Otherwise, if someone else does, we won't get our bridge built. So there's definitely, uh, according to the historical accounts, there's gold down there. And do you have anything on your records about there being way, way, way back an actual silver mine around that area that was licensed? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've done your research. (laughs) Um, The (laughs) University of Queensland has a mine only about five, ten minute walk around the corner and they still use it as their experimental mine for their um, uh, students studying mining engineering and so on. So, yeah, there was silver there as well. So, wait a minute. If they're using it for their students, is there a rule like finders keepers or is it more if you find it, it's part of the uni? Uh, Let's just... Let's just go and try and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that remarkable, though, James, that he... I mean, because he's sitting on a gold mine, literally, and he went, I'm not going to touch it because I want the bridge to be built. Yeah, and isn't that amazing? Because you've got to sit there and think, oh, do I do I take out the mining lease and mine it? Mm. Or is it going to be worth more or less than the £75,000 that we've just invested to build the bridge? So it, it's, it'd be a really tough calculation, wouldn't yeah. it? Here's a fun fact for you. Uh-huh. you have you ever heard of the, the mythical... Um, El Dorado in, I think, South America, where it's the lost city of gold. Yes. Well, that's why the El Dorado cinemas are named the El Dorado cinemas, because of the mother load of gold underneath the bridge. Mm. Mm. Good little cinemas, too. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. That's why they can have it so cheap there. Yeah. Because it's they've got all the gold. <laughs> so in that area, just to clarify, like the council owns the area, right? Like the under the Walter Taylor Bridge. Well... Um, the council owns the bridge, yeah, but there's a mine. The uh, Walter Taylor uh, mining lease extends below that. How, so long, does it, how long does the lease last for then? Well, I bought it on eBay yesterday. Nah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the Taylor family s- still have it. 
I don't know how long a mining lease lasts, uh. but it's entirely possible. But look, let's be honest. We're not going to be digging up the no, bridge no, to, uh, to get to the gold. No. Well, but no. next door to that, did you know that there's the World War II interrogation cells? We've, no. I've heard rumours about this and I thought that they didn't exist. Yeah, uh, they do exist. And we, we actually had one of the World War II Japanese prisoners of war come out in 2019 and he remembers being there, oh. which is pretty fascinating. Yeah. And that's right next to the bridge. Wow. Wow. That must be a freaky place. It would be. Mm. I... Well, it's, it's not as bad as you think, Abby. And we are actually restoring it to open it up as a community centre, which is pretty cool. Oh, oh wow. yeah. Okay. Now, we're speaking to um, Councillor James McKay from around there. Um, near the You do the whole area um, there of Indro. I am sus on the... Uh, Riverwalk that got put in, it's, you know, um, was that just a little expedition to try and find some gold when they were putting a community path in along the river? Yeah, and the um, the local BCF ran out of metal detectors for the guys building the They were all down there at lunchtime. They say, look, look at it, look at it. He's using that. a joke to go, mm, yeah, a bit of truth. Yeah, hey, well, what about the actual the tour of the bridge? Because we, we haven't done it and we want to be able to do it. I believe you have. Of course, you would have before. Yeah. Um, is there a ballroom? Because there's a lot of <laughs> many. <laughs> I thought there was a ballroom there. That is also true. There's a ballroom on the Chelmer side, right. but the Indrapilly side doesn't have a ballroom. It's got a fully kitted out house, uh-huh. and it's it's like a house with weird walls because they slope, and they're about a metre and a half thick. Right. And when you're in there, you cannot hear a thing. It's incredible. Wow. Because they're full of gold. So you can't go yeah, on the other side. There. So where the ballroom is, you can't, you can't go there, the and that's where they keep all the gold? <laughs> Yeah, that's the bank fault. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, well, we we have to do this tour. We have to do tour. a tour. Can you give mm. us a you tour, can. James? Just jump on the Google machine and look for Brisbane Greeters Walter Taylor Bridge. Okay. Right. And um, book yourself in. What if, I mean, you, you might be able to hook us up, but wouldn't it be fun to do like an old style um, party in that ballroom Oh, in the ballroom. There? Yeah. Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. We, can we should do that. definitely try and do that. Mm. Do, do a little dress up. Yes, I'd love a big dress up. Yeah. Ballroom yeah. bridge. We can have, a, we can have yes. a ball. Yeah. yeah, like all Gatsby. That'd mm. be fun. Mm. Oh, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? All right. Well, we, this is not fair, chat. I think we just organised <laughs> our next little shindig. Uh, thank you for your time this morning, mate. Thank you for having me on. It was great to have a chat about it. All right. We will find this gold. We will. <laughs> if it's or die trying. <laughs> Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. <laughs> I was texting Ash yesterday, our producer, and I was um, asking how she is, just because I was concerned about her shingles, you know, so I'm mm. asking how she is. Um, and she said she's going really well, um, but she said it's too late for a nap now because she's tired. Right. This is later in the day. She said, How are you feeling? And I said, I'm super grumpy, so I'm presuming it's PMS as to why I'm hating everything. Mm. And she sent me back some um, Google results, and we were laughing about the Google results that people have put in oh, yeah. for PMS. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, uh, how can I help my wife with PMS? Uh-huh. How can I help my girlfriend with PMS? Uh-huh. Is PMS considered a mental illness? Uh-huh. The first two questions was the answer, <laughs> get out the way, yeah. run, <laughs> what is What is PMS rage is a question. Um, and she, we were just sending that. She goes, isn't this funny? You know, the amount of times that people have Googled it in and that's yeah. obviously, you know, men doing it. 
and I was laughing at some of the responses. And I typed into Google, can you get away with murder due to PMS? <laughs> Just as a little bit of like, ha ha, and sent a screenshot back. I wasn't expecting anything. What did it say? Yeah. You can. Well, here's the thing. We went through a deep dive about talking about it. It was... <laughs> We went down a rabbit hole, but there's actually a lot of cases that have used this as criminal defence. So, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> that just is be, so wrong. It's not wrong. This is the That thing. is, oh, I'm sorry. I murdered my husband. Oh, I was getting my period. Get out of here, you scamp. <laughs> what? You don't Get know. Get out of here, you 58-year-old scamp. <laughs> Hang on a second. Well, this is, no, this is true, though. They've used it in UK courts uh, since 1950s. Onwards, right. and if you can prove with you know doctors and everything else, and there was such case in England of a barmaid, right? Yeah, this is early nineteen eighties, and she had a huge like criminal record, and they went back at the criminal record and could work out that all of the crimes that she had committed were raging at that one time of the month. Oh. So they had synced them all up, and like it a was werewolf. yes, and it was like true. So then she ended up killing a, f- uh, a fellow barmaid right. and they were like, well, it is a cause of PMS was to act out of character. They did all these tests right. and she was found not guilty of murder. More, a murder. Yes. Of course, she still had to go to jail for manslaughter. Right, right, right. Yeah, because right, right. she still killed someone. Yeah. But they're saying that it was out of her control because of the rage and she had to go to jail and she was ordered to be on through the court ordered progesterone. Oh, right. Wow. Yeah. So there's all this. So apparently, it's worked in uh, uh, in Canada. Uh-huh. One of the um, defendant psychiatrists was willing to categorise that legally she was insane due to the effects of it, right? And therefore was not capable of controlling um, her urges as well. I mean, this does sound hmm. like preparation. Oh no, I can't because I've googled it. Well, yeah, no, no, I can't. But I just think there are some legitimate, like you just forget how much hormones can affect you. You know, you see, you speak to an like an older man in their sixties, yeah, and they're like, I don't know why I cry all the time, and you're like, oh, it's just because you haven't got as much testosterone. Do you know what I mean? Like they're men that never used to cry, and now yeah. they're really tearing. You just, it's hormones that just uh, affect it so much. Imagine that though. Your wife picks up the kitchen knife. She goes, <laughs> one side, <laughs> the other. And you're like, baby, you PMSing. <laughs> <laughs> Another one in the lower gut. She goes, <laughs> pulls it out for the third time. Yes. <laughs> Maybe I am. <laughs> or no, you're just an idiot. <laughs> I will also point out the flippancy with which you said, I can't now because I've Googled oh, I, it. No, it I'm wasn't, just... that was the like the oh. only thing that was stopping you. No, I'm just saying that it. you do realise how much it can affect different people. Yeah. And yeah. well, two people. What? Well, one's dead. It affected him. Yeah, well, they're all she's. Why'd she only kill females? Mm. Well, no, no, she wasn't. She wasn't a serial killer. Uh-huh. It was just that she had <laughs> attacks at that time of the month. Mm. So the only place that it hasn't um, ever been used, and they're saying it's only a matter of time, I guess, is in Australia. Really, well, you could be the president. <laughs> I'm not saying I was. It sounds like you are, yeah. though. I just think it's an interesting story, isn't mm. it? Yeah, it's very, it is. very interesting. Why is you getting? Because yeah. at the start of this, you said you were raging last night. When we haven't um, heard from I'm Scotty. sorry, your defence. If I go back, I said I was grumpy. <clears throat> go back to the record. I No, I agree. You're probably right. 100%. 100%. Just don't kill us. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. This is also... I wouldn't have to have PMS to think that. <laughs> Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Fly with me. 
I think we all love Love Actually, don't we? It's a great movie, and it's on a few weeks, or even is it the night before Christmas? Oh, it is a Christmas film. I guess whenever you want to watch yeah. it. On no, no, no. Christmas. I mean, it's on free to air uh, every single year without yeah. a doubt. They always roll yeah. it out Christmas yeah. Eve. Yeah. That and Die Hard. Yeah, because it's actually on Christmas Eve, isn't it? The in the movie. In the movie, it yeah, is. It's set around Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. Oh, it's Christmas. Yeah, mm. there's a. It goes on for a while. Christmas yeah. is all around us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mean end scene is Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, but the yeah. lead up to that with the love story and oh, he's a real oh. jerk though. Which jerk are you talking about? The jerk at the end with the sign about the best. I don't think that was a jerk. The jerk was the guy that gave the necklace. Remember, and she oh, found yeah. it and like, he's a oh. Jerk. He's a jerk. But to go to your mate's missus on Christmas Eve and be he like, I'm in to love get with it. you. No, I like that scene. Dick move. Sorry, Stav. We <laughs> Sorry, are. <guys>. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was my fault. <laughs> I, I will take full responsibility. I just don't think it was a dick move. I think it was quite romantic. <laughs> Do we? He also ruined their wedding video while we're on the topic. I mean, it yeah, was kind of a, you know, Thank you, sister. Yeah, it, Thank is, you. it is a bit of a but dick move. Who agrees to film it? He's yeah. not even a photographer. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, cheap. They wanted a cheap yeah. wedding. Oh, she yeah. lived in a nice house. She could afford something else. I don't know why uh, she picked him. Uh, <laughs> regardless. <laughs> so regardless, <laughs> I think. <laughs> she was better in Bendit like Beckham anyway. Well, that's true. Yeah, she was. And he was better in The Walking Dead, so everyone wins, I guess. Did he do end. another movie, did he? Yeah, he did The Walking Dead. <laughs> he did The did Walking I? Dead. No, I didn't watch that. Uh, <sighs> that's how much I hate him. Oh, now I'm just irate. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, hang on. Let's, you know what? Let, let's you know start. what scene was good? You know what scene was what? good? When what? he's on the drums. Yeah. You know, but then she was singing oh, yeah. and she's like, and you, and you, and he's like getting really mad. Like getting that, angry. That was like the ultimate st- Stepdad, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. I like the two that are um, blocking for the um, porn. porn. Mm. Yeah, they were cute. Do they yeah. end up hooking up? They do, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. They, do. yeah they were Martin nice. Freeman. He went on to be in The Hobbit. Um, yes, he, he did. did. Yeah. But I didn't recognise him. Yeah, and The Office, the British version yeah. of The Office. Yeah. All right, let's hang on. You know what? Let's, <laughs> let's control, again. delete. Here <laughs> okay, we go. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Come fly with me. I think we all love... Love Actually, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> haven't seen it. No. Uh, haven't seen it? No. Nah. What's the, everyone remembers the first five minutes. What's the first five Airport. minutes? Airport. Airport. Yes. Right. Okay. Here we go. And this is something I've always wanted to do, but I've never actually done. And that is to greet someone at the airport with a sign. And not just a sign saying their name, some sort of hilarious embarrassing sign and they have compiled some of the best oh, uh, signs Especially there. during um, COVID. Mm-hmm. This is probably on the list, but I have to say my all-time favourite yeah. was congratulations to mum getting out of jail. Yes, yes. And the kids were had a big sign. Mm-hmm. And she How old had, are the kids? Oh, they were probably about like five mm-hmm. and, you know, ranging to ten, but she hadn't mm-hmm. been in jail. No. But everyone is oh. seeing that sign. No, no, you just say you have so that's exactly yeah. like that. So the <laughs> first one on this list is yeah. uh, Kristen Welcome home from rehab. Yeah, mm-hmm. perfect. And like, if they have to walk good. up to the side and go, oh. yeah, have a crack at this one. This is savage, right? This person, this gentleman, uh, met his um, partner at the airport with a sign that said, "Welcome home, babe." In quotation marks, I've had access to your cell phone records the entire time. Two hundred and twelve days, two hundred and eleven nights, one thousand six hundred and ninety-six calls, one hundred and thirty-two acts of infidelity, and two pregnancy scares. Wow, that's a that's a lot of paper. That's a, that's a big holiday. That's yeah. that's a get back on the plane. 
Was it the size of, you know, when that AFL bloke run out? Was, <laughs> and then she was that runs the size of the it. banner? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a lot of words. No, yeah, it that's is quite, not mine. I'm not gonna I'm gonna run around that one. Uh, uh, a returned soldier. He's been away at war and his wife met him at the airport with a sign saying, Prepare to be debriefed. Yeah. 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 Oh, cute one, baby. I've waited my entire life to meet you. Welcome yeah. home, Daddy. They're beautiful because I haven't they? met their yeah. child and they're still unsure if it's theirs. Running out of cash. Have you seen my sugar daddy? (laughs) (laughs) So obviously some of these are serious. Some of these are jokes. Yeah. A guy picked up his uh, brother-in-law with a sign that said, Guy who knocked up my sister. (laughs) (laughs) God, imagine if three guys walked over to him. Like, hey. (laughs) Someone got uh, Bart Simpson. He was waiting at the airport with a sign saying, Mr. Huge Ass. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. This one's for you, Matty. Even though we're cousins, I still want to get married. Yes, that was me holding that sign. <laughs> it's a girl. <laughs> you know what I what I think now? Um, it kind of takes the thing out of it is when you see like at the limo drivers and stuff when they stand yeah. there holding their iPhone. iPad, yeah. Oh, iPad was someone's name. Oh, it doesn't look that. as good, does it? Because no. you're like, oh, do a little bit of effort. You have to write it out. I, I always think that, mm. you know. Have it, has anyone ever been, have you ever had, had the sign there well, when used, you get off a no. plane? I used to from a driver when I was doing the weather. They used to organise it because uh, I had to get so they used to be. Yeah. Just with your name though. but I've... It felt really embarrassing. Did it? Yeah. Would that be more embarrassing than a sign holding up saying, I know you cheated? Because that's what someone else did. Well, if my limo driver said that to me, I'd be really concerned. <laughs> <laughs> you caught an Uber! <laughs> <laughs> Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Yay! Brisbane is the winner! Yay! Of officially the nation's toughest rental market. What? Yes, the latest um, information from PropTrack Market Insight Report that's out has found that uh, Brisbane is the difficultest to get into and it's also had the... uh, the Largest increase yeah. in it. And they said there's a lot of reasons for it. For starters, everyone wants to live in Brizzy yep. and has moved up during the pandemic. Welcome. <laughs> but they are, they're saying that a lot of people can now work from wherever they want. And yeah. they saw it in Florida as well because a lot of people are like, if we're now able to work from home, we don't need to work in the place that our business is. We can go wherever we want, follow the sunshine. Why wouldn't you live in the greatest city in Australia? Yeah, so if we want want to get the rental crisis down, you reckon we have to do like a reverse ad? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like all the bad points? Like, oh. Beautiful one day, Lenina the next. Yeah. Covered in Ibis. Mm. Covered. Don't get me started on the cane toads. But there are reports, and I don't know if anyone has gone through this, and 131060, just to show how bad it is, would love to hear your story. They're saying that a lot of families have lived in cars Mm. for a long time because they've been out of a rental home for whatever reason. Um, They're selling it or they can't renew their lease. Yeah. And they haven't been able to secure anything else. And, you know, they've, they've lived in on people's couches. couches. Mm. And that, that's hard. So hard to do if you were just one person. Yeah. But imagine doing that with a family. With family, yeah. Mm. yeah. And it, it frustrates you because you go, we're one of the highest tax yeah. uh, paying nation. We certainly are. So you would think that there would be, I guess, more assistance. But it's a complex one. Just ask Anastasia. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess also the issue of interest rates going up doesn't help with a rental crisis because when they go up, the investors who own the houses naturally have to put up their prices because mm. it's a cost. But everyone wants everyone else to absorb it. Yeah. There'd also I mean? be a thing because there are a substantial amount of people migrating from Sydney and Melbourne mm-hmm. and they are used to paying higher rents. 
Yeah. So you would charge someone from there yeah. more. They have said that a lot of those people have been able to secure it because that was their expectations. Because yeah. like you said, they were always paying it. So they're like, really? A four-bedroom home? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, it's gone down a lot since I lived in Sydney. It was quite a while ago. But even back then, like, you know, you... It, to get a three-bedroom house, if you were paying less than seven hundred dollars, yeah, you, you you got a cheap one. Yeah, yeah. Right. like and that's, imagine... that's far out of town too. I imagine. No, no mum was sort of in the city, but yeah. we used to have like four girls living at once mm. to be able to afford yeah. it. But yeah, but no, no, I know what you're saying, like Parramatta and stuff, which mm. isn't in a city. Yeah, it's still a ways out. Yeah, um, yeah, but now I think I think it's like up over a thousand there. So mm. they come here and they go six hundred oh, bucks. Amazing. Oh. Yeah. I just think living in a car and going, where do I shower? Where mm. do I eat? Yep. Where it's you don't have a place to rest, yeah, and it's relax. really it's quite scary as well. Yeah. But there are some people that are now living in cars because they haven't been able to secure a place mm. or tents like you, Stacey. Mm, yes. What's your story? Um, just um, just a single mum with three kids. Um, and I did have a rental that I had for a long time, but during COVID, um, just over two years ago, nearly two years ago, yeah. my just the real estate just put the rent up and they weren't allowed to do that. So they just ended my lease and then released it to a new person mm. for $80 without making any improvements to the house. And that just put it out of my price range. So where are you you're living at the moment? You sent a tent in your parents' backyard? Yes. Have you given up looking for places at the moment? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's depressing, it's hard, and I just the way things are looking, I'm just going to work my butt off and try and buy a property in, you know, five years or something. Right. Yeah, it's still a long time to wait, five years. Yeah. Though, isn't it? And what do you do when it's uh, all this bad rain? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like all the mud and all that stays? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's been funny um, a couple of times. We're lucky enough where water flows pretty well through the property. But during last year for a little while, there was a street behind us flooded mm-hmm. and because they flooded then the pool flooded behind us which meant I was literally walking like I'd step into the tent and it was like walking on a waterbed oh wow uh, I was literally if it wasn't pitched down it would have floated away yeah, that's really. when you have to go hey move over we'll <laughs> yeah. all get in the bed it's fine <laughs> yeah. I think wow Bev you're also facing the rental crisis what's happened with you so um, I currently own my own house mm-hmm. and I rent out a couple of rooms and one of them come available about two weeks ago and I put the advert on Marketplace on Facebook, mm-hmm. and I had 20 responses in 10 minutes for wow. this room. Wow. Yeah. So the thing was I had to pick who I was taking in, oh. which is really hard. Yeah. So I ended up renting out my living room too. <laughs> so, yeah. So currently I took in a girl that's pregnant mm-hmm. with her partner that was sleeping in Roma Street, Parkland. Wow. Not even a car, one bag of clothes between them. Wow. No food, no nothing. Yeah. They were starving. And she's like 20 weeks pregnant. Oh it's terrible. And then the other couple I took in yesterday, I literally picked them up from the train station because they had nothing as well. And they're actually in my living room on a blow-up bed. <laughs> wow. Because they're both sick. They're coughing. They're not COVID. I've already tested them. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just terrible out there. Sounds like you're running a hospital as well, Bev. <laughs> no, I work in one, but I don't run one. <laughs> <Okay. Wow. laughs> you're amazing for being out of jail. Yeah, that. good yeah, for you, Bev. Well yeah. done. All right, well, hopefully something can be done. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. <laughs>
I felt like I watched your show last night and I only catched up on it online this morning, but just my friends were texting me just updates for it. And it's like, it's so corny. <laughs> it's kind of good. And look, it's going to be good for cruisers because cruisers had a really tough yeah. time during COVID. That's true. And I think this is going to be a better PR ca- um, campaign than having schoolies on it. Do you remember when they started doing the schoolie cruises? No. No. You're kidding. No. They thought it'd be a great idea. Yeah, it is a great s- idea. Is it? <laughs> is it? Um, I think they, yeah, so I think there was a few, it was packed out, packed out cruises, and <clears> they used to love it. And then, you know, some people thought it was a joke um, to pretend that people had fallen overboard oh. and they had to turn oh, the ship yeah. around. Oh, bad um, They would wake up in the morning, all the furniture had gone overboard as well. Oh. People were... You're right, bad idea. Bad, bad idea. idea. Bad idea. Bad idea. And, and I think a lot of parents yes. booked it because they're like, that's great. They're stuck in one they're area. Stuck, safe. What could go wrong? Yeah. Security. No. no. So anyway, so they're not doing schoolie cruises anymore and they've got strict requirements on who's booking at that time of year. But this could be back because people were thinking, oh, you got love on board. Uh-huh. So all these people go on board and I guess hook up. <laughs> when they get kicked off, though, this is what I, they all go on there to find love, and they get kicked off one by one. They're out at sea. Well, they're not. Some of their dates here, they're in Italy, and they go off the boat because you can go off the boat in cruises, can't you? Like yeah, you stop at destinations. Half the, that's half yeah. the thing. Oh, so they are. They are porting. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. See, I thought they just went out to the ocean. They're like, do your thing. When the show's wrapped, we'll bring you back. Yeah, right. I did like the tweets of people going, I've seen the size of the ship and yeah. it's huge. Why are you making them share rooms? I was like, well, that's part of it, isn't it? It's yeah. the drama and the producers. Yeah. And I have to say well done to them because uh, Moana is on board and Moana means ocean. Did you know that? I did because I've seen the movie. Yeah. Well, she just told people just to make sure. Oh. Uh, but you know when you just, you've got the, the girl on board that's like, oh my God, that's someone I know. And the producers have obviously set them up, right? Uh, so Dan and her have hooked up before. And she's being told by Naomi, who has picked, because you've got to pick someone that you like, and has picked Dan the man. And she's like, oh, well, I think you guys would be really well suited because... I think you and Dan are going to go well, which is going to be interesting because, like, I already know him. You guys know each other. We had just slept together a few times. Like, it was... It so was like friends with like, benefits. Yes. We had a, like a bit of a fling yeah. and then just fizzled. Am I getting myself into a triangle or something? No. No, nothing to worry about. <laughs> no feels there. No feels there. <laughs> like. Uh. Like, eh. Why did she need to tell her that? Because it's a show. Uh, yeah. I think you... I mean, that's what they've done it for. Yeah. I imagine if the whole time she didn't say anything and the producers are like, I'm so sorry. Did you know <laughs> yeah, why we're here? we had to go to find him? <laughs> Can you mention it? She was like, nah, it's no. all good. It's in the past. Don't kiss and tell. Have you not seen these shows? <laughs> it's not works. Go and tell. <laughs> uh, Hayley, our producer, knows one of the guys about to go on. Yeah, I know Keanu. Keanu? Keanu. How do you know Keanu? Um, past relationships. They've hooked up. Right. I have hooked up with him. Did he have the big te- chest tattoo? It looks- yeah, the yeah, tattoos, okay. the chest mm. tattoos, yeah. He's got like, it looks like a full sort of, what is it? Screaming eagle. I'm, I didn't pay close attention when I knew him. <laughs> you didn't pay close attention to his full chest tattoo <laughs> while you were dating Keanu. <laughs> he did have a shirt on most of the time. Most of the time. I think when you would have asked what it's about. Like, it's pretty detailed. It looks like some sort of arrow to the chest or something. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So he is, I think he's a Newcastle boy, isn't he? Sorry, what was that? Is he from Newcastle? Yeah, he's from Newcastle. Um, So I I would always drive up there and see him and he would never come see me. So that's why it didn't work out. 
Because uh, you didn't get the hint. <laughs> and no, I, that's what the hard thing is as well, because I always ask who is his ideal woman. Yeah. And his ideal woman is Kim Kardashian. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Kim Kardashian. No, no. that's all right. No. Scotty's is Beyonce, and I'm like, we're very different. No, but you also, if if you got to travel to him all the time, yeah, you don't. You're better than that. So, how many times do you travel? Do you travel once, and then if he doesn't come up, then that's it. That's a big yeah. indication. It's a, it's a twice. <laughs> if I'm the third, I think I gave him three shots. Oh, and no, three, yeah. three one too, too many. Yeah, one too many. If he's not coming to you on the third, sorry, bruh. So when he's on the show, can you ask for an interview, Ash, so we can yes. find out what the tattoo means? Yeah, no worries. I bet yeah. you guys on the show, he's like, you know, I dated this girl three times. She never even knew what my tattoo was about. <laughs> Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. So my mate, right, he's um, he's, he's in a relationship and it's good. It's it's good for him. He's uh, divorced and he's found new love, which is lovely. Your PT. Yeah. Uh, and she's a lovely, lovely woman. Uh, she really likes platypuses. That's important to the story because they decided to go away for the weekend Mm -hmm. and they found this lovely place. He was showing me photos, beautiful place up uh, in Sanford, which is a lovely part of Brisbane Mm, anyway. You do love that place. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. (laughs) It's where he goes and gets all these hippie clothes. Hippie clothes. There's a real. (laughs) Is that where all that hippie is? Yes, every time he comes back. I was going to say because I've never seen it anywhere else. Yeah. (laughs) It's a funny vibe because it's real hippie there, but there's also lots of money there as well. It's like a. It's like a. It's your heaven, Barton boy. Yeah, I know, I know. And it's only five minutes away. Um, But they're saying in this beautiful manner, right? This beautiful English manner. And he showed me photos. There was like a hydro bath. There was an infrared saunas, all this stuff, right? And they had this beautiful room. The room was gorgeous. He's paid a fortune. He's paid a fortune. (laughs) Well, it's like the first time, you know. Oh, going away. That's important. It's important. Because they say that's make or break. Yeah. When you get someone out of their normal habitat (laughs) and into a different environment and there's a lot of pressure on it. So Uh they're saying if you can survive a holiday, Mm -hmm. even a little mini getaway. Yeah. But also start as you intend to continue. Because yeah. that might be what she expects every time now. That's true. Knock her into a Formula One or something for the first time around. The yeah. only way is up. <laughs> is this our tent? <laughs> yeah, babe, nothing but the best for you. Is, is there more people coming? Is it 10 men? Nah, just for us, babe. Uh, <laughs> and also, you know, it's like a getaway. So yeah. you're going to be thinking ooh la la, you mm-hmm. know, and we've got this great place to do it and we don't have to clean up anything. So let's mm. get crazy. Um, but uh, and, and the surrounds. Beautiful. You know, there's um, gardens and stuff and a river runs through it and peacocks and oh, it's just it's just heaven. It's heaven on earth. It's a little slice of paradise. And they were out looking at the at the river and just marveling at the nature. And um, something ran past her foot and she was like, what was that? And uh, there was another lady there and she said, oh, that's the platypus. Um, we've had platypus on the river for about two. One? Yeah, two. Two. Um, yeah. They've been here for about fifteen years. Um, oh, and and platypuses are extraordinary animals. They are. They're also elusive. Mm, right? they're she fun. said, "We've been here for fifteen years. They've been here. We've probably seen them like twice. You know, they. they that's how they. They stayed. So you know, they just don't." They hide really well. They don't she's go out. Sure, and... She's only seen them twice. She's sure they don't just go there for a weekend here and there. <laughs> we <laughs> don't live here. For 15 years. <laughs> I never see them. And it's her favorite animal. Like she loves them. Mm-hmm. Right? So one's gone past her foot. And the woman said, that's a platypus. It's been here for 15 years. She goes, oh my God, a platypus. I didn't see it. I just felt it go past my foot. But I want to, I've lived my whole life. I want to see a platypus in the wild. Right? So... <laughs> He's paid a mozza for this hotel, and it's beautiful. She gets a chair from the hotel room, takes it down to the river, and she sits there for the rest of the weekend 
waiting to see the platypus. She slept there? Yep. <laughs> Stayed out all night with a torch waiting to see the platypus. While my old mate is in the amazing... Maybe he had a sauna. <laughs> Going, this is, not, this is not for me. Maybe he had a nice bath. <laughs> I've been blocked by a platypus. He has been. He has been blocked. That's what... I mean, they're close to extinction. Now he is. <laughs> So how did, did she, she take it? a breakup? <laughs> did she see the platypus? That's the thing. Of course not, because they're so elusive. She was very lucky to even get one brushing past her foot. There was never a chance that she Can was Can you see actually... them in any zoo, or she wants to see them in the wants wild? Wants to see them in the wild, doing their platypus thing. Oh, that's annoying. It is annoying. Very annoying. But if you're married for 25 years, you could be like, you get your inside. Like, that's ridiculous. Oh, you but think when it's, it's a new relationship, to... of course. Mm. You're like, you do whatever you want to do. <laughs> how long have they been dating? Oh, probably about six months-ish. Nah. Well, that's is it. He, is he off her now? Like, is he... <laughs> he must really be, like her. To sleep by a creek to she see a platypus. She didn't sleep. She really likes him. She waited. She pulled an all-nighter. Yeah. Yeah. While he was thinking they were going to pull an all-nighter the other way. She... Something got pulled. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Forgive me for being so inquisitive. Do you mind? Do you mind? Do you mind if I ask you a personal question? We do this segment with people that are living a different life than others and also just have an extraordinary story like this lady. Kylie Moore Gilbert was held hostage in prison in Iran for 804 days. You've got your new book out. Um, it's called The Uncaged Sky, My 804 Days in Iranian Prison. Good morning. Hi, thanks for having me on. Now, just to t- take us back to the horrible time in 2018, I guess, where you were invited by a university because you are an academic to go over to a conference over there. And what happened? Yeah, so I thought I was going to Iran for two and a half weeks. I you know, was very excited about the trip and I had a pretty good time whilst there. But when I went to check into my flight to go back to Australia afterwards, I was actually arrested at Tehran airport, taken away and interrogated and ultimately thrown in prison and charged with being a spy. So where did they get any of their sources from or for what reason did they think that that could have been the case? The people who arrested me, the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, they're very sort of paranoid, conspiracy theorist mentality uh, type people and they didn't really have any evidence whatsoever Mm. They got through all my computer, my phone, you know, all of my emails, my private information, and they kind of crafted a narrative from that, um, saying that I'd been using my academic status as a cover story and had come to Iran to to spy on them and to take that information out of the country and and work against them. But, uh, you know, it it was completely bogus, and they have a history of doing this. They they use you as a diplomatic bargaining chip to, to get something from your government in exchange, so... I don't think they really cared if I was innocent or guilty. They just needed to craft the story and, and pin it on me so they could get something from the Australian government. Who were you a spy for? Uh, so in the end, Israel is what they came up with. Right. <laughs> right. Uh. Israel. Cause you, cause, Israel, right. Because you were married to a man who was an Israeli national and of her- uh, Russian heritage. Is that why they yeah. presumed that it could have been? Yeah, I mean, they they hate Israel. Israel's one of their big enemies. Yeah. So I think that was, you know, the easiest narrative to pin on me, really. 
And of course, you go to jail. You're in there for 804 days. You don't know that that's how long it's going to be. It always um, interests me. If you were in jail and you did something, I imagine it's a very different experience to sitting in your cell knowing that you're innocent and knowing that you don't deserve to be there. That must eat away at you while you're in there, does it? Absolutely. It, it's really, really just so unfair and it's maddening. You know, it, it tears apart at your soul to be an innocent person, having your liberty deprived and, and not having a say over what happens to you. It, it's just horrific. Yeah. And I've met many other innocent people in there too. And, you know, some of the stories were just harrowing. It's, it's a horrible thing to do to someone. I guess it's always naive to think that if anything happens to someone who's Australian in overseas prisons, that the government sort of steps in to help. Yeah. At what point of call did you uh, know that they were trying to give assistance? They were trying to give me consular assistance from the beginning, but were often thwarted by the authorities. And, you know, I only had very piecemeal access to consular assistance. But I came to understand after I was convicted and, and given a 10-year sentence that the government was trying to negotiate a release deal for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it took quite a long time because it was just such a complicated case. And they were actually trying to recruit me as a spy to work for the Iranians at the same time out of the prison, right. which I had to off and, and try and put a stop to, um, and awesome. that complicated the ability of the government to get me out as well. Wow. They wanted to make you a spy, so then when you came back to Australia, you could spy back. Yes, exactly. Wow. Hectic. <laughs> wow. Uh, this is where we yeah. ask you guys to throw out any questions. If you're listening right now and you want to ask Kylie what was it like to be in um, an Iranian prison for 804 days, suspected of being a spy... <laughs> Thirteen ten sixty, Kylie. There was also the most because I, I, you at the time w- were married, and there was a person that I guess a colleague of yours that was also trying to assist um, you getting out, and then you found out that they had been together. Was that right? Yeah, unfortunately, the person who was a close colleague of mine, um, who'd been appointed by the university to liaise with my parents and my family. Ended up having an affair with my husband and, and he left me for her when I was still in prison and, and you know, had no idea what was going on. So wow. that was, yeah, pretty upsetting. Did yeah. you have any idea until you came back to Australia? I had an idea that my marriage was probably over because I felt that he hadn't supported yeah. me. And I, I wasn't happy about that, obviously. But I had no idea about the nature of it, no. All right. Well, 131060, uh, what would you like to ask Kylie? Um, she's here. She's ready to take your questions. Um, you're not a spy for them, are you, Kylie? <laughs> <laughs> if I was a spy, I'd be a very stupid one because yeah, I, checking, I, I just... took no precautions yeah, whatsoever true. and just handed them everything <laughs> on a platter. <laughs> All righty. we got Lottie from Cleveland. Lottie, you're on the air with Kylie. What's your question? Um, hi, Kylie. Um, would you mind if I asked um, sort of what the process was when you were arrested at the airport and sort of what... Um, what happened, yeah, sort of how it went down. Sure. So um, basically I'd checked in and got my boarding pass and was on my way to passport control and a group of plainclothes men approached me. Uh, they didn't really speak English. There was one guy who kind of had broken English and he showed me a kind of a printout from a computer all in Farsi and said, this is an arrest warrant, you must come with us. And, you know, I was in shock and and they led me away to a room in the airport where they interrogated me for about uh, five or six hours. 
And then they, and I missed my flight in the meantime, and then they took me out of the airport, put me in a blacked out car between two prison guards and uh, took me away for further interrogations overnight following that. So yeah, it was very scary and um, I didn't really understand what was going on for most of it because it was all conducted in a language I didn't understand. Wow. <sighs> Samuel, what is your question for Kylie? Um, do you mind if I ask, did you experience any torture in the jail, either from other um, people in the jail or from the guards? So uh, what I experienced is classified as psychological torture, right. which is sensory deprivation, solitary, prolonged solitary confinement, um, denial of medical treatment. Um, I, it's, it's, you know, it's difficult. I mean, I, I was beaten up a couple of times, but I don't know if that would be classified as torture or just abuse. But, you know, it, it really was horrific. And they do routinely use psychological torture as a method of breaking you for the interrogations. Oh, yeah. which um, is what they, they did to me, yeah. How, how mentally did you get through that? At the beginning, I didn't. I was just a total mess. I, I was so just confused and numb and in shock and anxious, and it, it really did shatter me. But after a few months, your brain just learns how to come back from that and, and find some sort of equilibrium that allows you to survive and get through each day. But... It was a really dark and, and black time in my life. And uh, it was through the friendship of other prisoners in the end that I managed to kind of come back to myself and find the strength to keep going. Because when you develop those friendships and that solidarity, when you're all behind bars going through it together, um, you know, that really gives you a, a boost of, of courage and, and strength to keep going. You said that you were in there with other innocent people, but you would have been in there with some guilty people what were the other like were there petty crimes in there or were these all people who they suspected of being spies at the beginning i was in a maximum security uh secu like wow. security and political prisoner facility mm. so everyone there was convicted or you know suspected of political crimes um most people there were innocent of what we would classify to be innocent because you know the political activity or something they've been thrown in there yeah. um but i was later in a public prison um I, I knew murderers i knew armed robbers gang members drug smugglers everybody there and many of them were were guilty and were kind of some of them a bit scary yeah. um but a lot of them were good people too i mean some of the murderers you know were actually little friends of mine there was a there was a girl who was only 19 and convicted of murder and I used to braid her hair in the morning and things like that. So, um, you know, I, I think the type of crime someone commits doesn't necessarily indicate whether they're a fun person to hang out with or not. <laughs> Often, um, you know, some of the, the lesser crime people were more dangerous and scary than the hardcore criminals. Yeah, right. Kylie is in Caboolture. Kylie, you've got a question for Kylie? Yes, hi, Kylie. Um, do you mind if I ask... Being that this is one huge mistake that has been made, this has affected your life severely. Uh, you've lost your marriage and over this. Is there any compensation for this happening to you from either country, Australia or the other country, or any compensation for this mistake? That's a really good question. No, there's not. There's no scheme whatsoever for compensation. Yeah. 
America has some laws in place which allow victims of such arbitrary detention crimes to sue the government, like sue the government of Iran, for example, in an American court uh-huh. to get compensation, um, or victims of torture can do the same. But Australia doesn't have any laws of that kind, so there's no avenue for me really to try and, and get justice for what happened to me. Wow. Well, I guess it's not like even if you sued them in the court, the country's not really going to pay up, are they? Mm. No, you'd need to get your hands on assets that the like the Americans have frozen Iranian assets yeah, right. because of the sanctions. Yeah. So if an American sues in an American court, they can get some of those assets unfrozen and, and get compensation that way. But Australia literally has nothing, unfortunately. Well, Kylie, thank you for your time this morning. Your book, The Uncaged Sky, your 804 days in an Iranian prison. It is out now. Thanks so much for calling through. Thanks for having me on, guys. Brisbane wakes up with Staff Abby and Matt on B105.